sitting in for David Kurd. I'm going to read a poem today by Wilfred Owen called Dolce et Decorum Est. And if you're a little squeamish, I think perhaps you should be careful about who you let listen to this poem. It's a World War I poem, and it's rather descriptive. Dolce et Decorum Est, Wilfred Owen. Bent double, like old beggars under sacks. Knock-kneed, coughing like hags, we cursed through sludge, till on the haunting flares we turned our backs, and towards our distant rest began to trudge. Men marched asleep. Many had lost their boots but limped on bloodshod. All went lame, all blind, drunk with fatigue, deaf even to the hoots of tired, outstripped five nines that dropped behind. Gas, gas, quick, boys! An ecstasy of fumbling fitting the clumsy helmets just in time, but someone still was yelling out and stumbling and floundering like a man in fire or lime. Dim through the misty panes and thick green light as under a green sea, I saw him drowning. In all my dreams, before my helpless sight, he plunges at me, guttering, choking, drowning. If in some smothering dreams you too could pace behind the wagon that we flung him in and watch the white eyes writhing in his face, his hanging face like a devil sick of sin, if you could hear at every jolt the blood come gargling from the froth-corrupted lungs, obscene as cancer, bitter as the cut of vile, incurable sores on innocent tongues, my friend, you would not tell with such high zest to children ardent for some desperate glory, the old lie, dolce et decorum est, pro patria mori. After World War I, there became a, a lot of, um, it became very popular to be anti-war, put it that way. During World War I, it was difficult <laughs> to be anti-war, but there were growing anti-war movements, mostly illegal. But after the war, anti-war poetry, anti-war thought, books like All Quiet on the Western Front became very pronounced, very widespread. This was a significant poem because what he's saying is, look, you can't even imagine the suffering that soldiers go through. And you sit at home and you recite Horace, a poem by Horace from the first century, which said, Dolce et decorum est pro patria mori, which means, it's hard to literally translate it, but oh, how sweet and appropriate it is. Oh, how sweet and beautiful it is to die for the fatherland, to die for one's country, patria. He follows, Horace does, with mors et fugacem persequitur virum, which could be translated something like death also travels every man, follows every man even the fleeing man. You're going to die, says Horace, so fight for your country. It's sweet 
And decorum is such an interesting word. It's one we don't use anymore, but it's fair to translate decorum as super appropriate, (laughs) but also beautiful. How sweet and beautiful it is. How wonderful it is. What joy it is to die for your fatherland. Well, Wilfred Owen is saying, actually, it's as obscene as cancer and bitter as the cut of vile incurable sores on innocent tongues. If you could see what I saw. It's very difficult to argue with an experience. I will say that there's, there's a, even in the 20s and 30s, you see some pushback from a lot of soldiers who fought heroically in World War I saying, hello, we were brave. We gave what we had to because we love our country. And some of them did. Rupert Brooke seems to have been one who did think it sweet and honorable and wonderful to, to die for one's country. Wilfred Owen was certainly not one of them. And his voice echoes over the years to all who think that war isn't worth the price. I think that's a voice really worth considering. I think one of the things World War I did is it brought about war on such a colossal scale and disrupted society and civilization so deeply. It became so easy to kill so many people that it no longer had any gallantry. There was nothing particularly noble about dying in masses. It wasn't like in, you know, the Iliad where you could have your Aristea and you're the hero for a chapter. Over the last four years, starting in about June of 1914, I've been trying to live in the time frame for a little bit of time every week of World War I. I've been following each week. I've been watching a weekly update of what happened during the war. I've been trying to read books that, that take me along with it, novels, um, history books that, that go along with the battles and, and also the home front. One of the things that's driven home for me is how long the war was. Four years ago, It's not a long time ago in terms of a peaceful life, but it's a while back when you're watching so many people die and so many hopes dashed. You get to the end of that time and the weight of what what the cost of war is in the modern world really weighs down on you. If ever there was a time when we need to get away from buzzwords and back to wisdom... If ever there was a time, and it has always been time, but if ever there was a time, now we need wisdom and we need respect for all the lives lost so carelessly. But I don't know how to prevent it unless what we do is spend a lot more time teaching our children to be wise and virtuous instead of just trying to get their advantage in the world to get the best jobs because that approach does pretty well guarantee conflict. But hopefully we'll never see anybody dying from gas the way they did in the first war. Dolce et decorum est, bent double like old beggars under sacks, knock-kneed, coughing like hags, 
we cursed through the sludge till on the haunting flares we turned our backs and towards our distant rest began to trudge. Men marched asleep. Many had lost their boots, but limped on, bloodshod. All went lame, all blind, drunk with fatigue, deaf even to the hoots of tired, outstripped nine-fives that dropped behind. Gas! Gas! Quick, boys! An ecstasy of fumbling fitting the clumsy helmets just in time, but someone still was yelling out and stumbling and floundering like a man in fire or lime. Dim through the misty panes and thick green light, as under a green sea, I saw him drowning. In all my dreams, before my helpless sight, he plunges at me, guttering, choking, drowning. If in some smothering dreams you two could pace behind that wagon that we flung him in and watch the white eyes writhing in his face, his hanging face, like a devil's sick of sin, if you could hear at every jolt the blood come gargling from the froth-corrupted lungs obscene as cancer, Bitter as the cut of vile, incurable sores on innocent tongues. My friend, you would not tell with such high zest to children, ardent for some desperate glory, the old lie. Dolce et decorum est pro patria mori.